0: Welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in industry, episode 39. Uh, It's going to be a different episode. Normally we we talk about what we're going to be playing, or what we have been playing, and then we get into the news and then topics. Uh, This one's just going to be a predictions episode for uh, 2017 and beyond. I'm joined by Dom, as always. How's it going, Dom? Shalom. Shalom. (laughs) And uh, we do have Jordan with us, though a different Jordan. Uh, Jordan Boyd, you've been with us before. Thank you for joining us on such short notice. Appreciate it.
1: No problem. Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, Jordan, our regular Jordan, is uh, currently without a voice. So hopefully he'll be back next week for our Game of the Year rundown episode. So hopefully that'll happen. Um, So let's just jump right into it, uh, what we've been playing. Um, I had a, a decent amount of time this week to actually play some games I said last week that I was going to finish Quantum Break because I wanted it to be able to. I wanted to be able to finish this, so I could talk about it in my end of the year game of the year kind of discussion. Um, it's really solid. Uh, the story is really good. It's from a like a look standpoint. It's the closest thing that Xbox has had to Uncharted. It's a really beautiful game. Um, at a couple of performance issues, it chugged in a couple of bit of areas, and uh, I got kicked out of the game a couple of times. Um, but those were like super far and few between. Like one was at almost the end of the game and one was at the almost the beginning of the game. So it wasn't too bad. The story was cool. Anytime you get to play as like a superhero ish kind of character is fun. Um, the TV show, a lot of people have an issue with the TV show. I don't think it was terrible. If anything, it was like sci-fi channel TV show quality. So it's, it is what you expect kind of. There was only one actor in, in the show that was, her name's Fiona, the character's name is Fiona. Uh, I don't know if either either of you played Quantum Break, but the actress is like horrible. She like pulls you out of the yeah. show so bad. Like the way she delivers her lines, <laughs> it's like zero effort. She's like, oh no, it's just it's super bad. Um, but the game overall is solid. Um, I don't know if it'll be my in my Game of the Year discussion as far as in, like my top five or anything, but it was a solid game. And uh, with the recent Mass Effect Andromeda gameplay reveal. Uh, I got super stoked and super excited for Andromeda, as I always do, because I love that franchise. And I played all the way through Mass Effect 1, a brand new save, and now I'm in Mass Effect 2. Um, and I did like the completionist run of like going to all the planets and stuff like that. Um, we talked about this last week, Dom. That game holds up from a lore perspective, but man, is that combat not great. Like, uh, people always talk about that game and how, you know, the combat was so bad. And it is. It's like really bad. It's worse than I even remembered. But the lore and everything and the world-building in that game is so solid, you kind of, like, forgive it for that. So, um, yeah, it was a decent time. It's uh, That game has aged decently, hasn't aged horribly, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited to be in Mass Effect 2 because that's my favorite. Um, you, have you played Mass Effect, Jordan?
1: I've only played the second one. I mean, I've played the third one a little bit, but I never
0: finished. Okay, so you, you finished the best one, in my opinion. Yeah, basically, Two, yes. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and the, the coolest thing about Andromeda is it's bringing back those uh, companion loyalty missions that were like a staple of two. So I'm super excited for that, too. So, yeah, just been playing Mass Effect and finished Quantum Break. Uh, what about you guys?
2: So, uh, first thing I'll point out was um, Telltale Batman, Episode 5, finished that. Um, really liked the whole season, but this last episode was actually kind of probably my least favorite. I don't know, it just felt a little... Rushed. They were trying to jam-pack too much to uh, get it to end in five episodes, it felt like. And in addition to that, it had a plethora of technical issues, um, just chugging along to like a couple frames a second at several different moments, and then character models would be invisible, and they would just be eyes and a tongue once in a while, which was odd. <laughs> it was some like Assassin's Creed Unity-looking thing. Oh, God. So that was happening... <laughs> Um, but I got I, I, it froze once It crashed completely I had to restart the whole PS4 Which was odd Haven't had that happen But in a while It, it was just weird It was just kind of like Something they, I'm not used to experiencing Since like In 64 days type of thing In PS2 Didn't they call episode 5 A
0: series finale Not a season finale
1: That's a good uh, question <laughs> uh, I don't know I haven't been paying attention to it I didn't know the exact oh, wording on that, that.
0: Cause if it's season, that means they're planning something else if it's series. Then maybe this was just a compressed story, which kind of sucks for people who got super invested. I haven't played the game well, though, so I don't know if it wraps up, you know, all at once.
2: So. It it definitely uh, ends on a yeah. There's more coming, kind of. Uh, okay, I can tell you that much. Yeah. So yeah, overall it's pretty good. Some technical issues with that last episode in particular, but it's all right. I mean, it's Telltale. Like you know, you kind of expect that from them.
0: Did you, you get your a damn engine right? Did you get any more awakening in? You were playing Links Awakening, right, for a bit? Yep,
2: yep. Yeah, uh, finished that up. So, now I'm nothing nothing else in the queue on mobile except Persona 4. So, now I'm going to have to get back to it finally.
0: Ooh it's a good game to get back to plenty of time to play it apparently the game can take forever to finish so
2: yeah
1: yeah i think if you want like a recommendation though i think persona needs to be like the only game you play when you play it because it, when i played it i was just so invested like i couldn't touch anything else i need to go back and finish that game it's so good it's one of my favorite games of all time so have fun <laughs> i'm so good
2: i'm like equal parts like kind of scared of what you just said and <laughs> yeah i am I excited
1: I played it during my uh, my senior year of high school, and uh, it was like easiest year of high school for me because it's pretty much supposed to be. But, it's usually, um, how it goes, yeah, yeah. But um, I'd literally go to school, I'd get home, do my homework, and then I'd play for hours and hours, and it would be like three a.m. Just like that, it was so great. I loved it. Well, yeah. If you,
0: yeah. w- <laughs> you want to get into Persona Four, though, Dom, you're, this is probably the perfect time because we'll have Horizons or Dawn pretty soon, and then. <clears throat> Uh, A couple of games after that, and then eventually the Switch, and then obviously Zelda after that. So you got to kind of try to have to fit it in where you can and hopefully get done with it. Uh, Holiday Break's a great time for Backlog, I think. Um, We have a lot more free time than usual, so it's easy to go back and play games you haven't finished. Uh, Speaking of that, what have you been playing, Jordan? We haven't gotten to you yet.
1: Uh, I've been playing a a lot of things. Um, I didn't think I'd be gaming as much as I would uh, over this holiday season, this past couple of months. Um, but I, I'm only going to talk about a few games, but the three that I think are pretty noteworthy, uh, I've been playing The Last Guardian a little bit. Ah, oh, nice. Uh, I've been playing Titanfall 2, which is amazing. I'm loving that. And I've been playing Let It Die, which was like kind of, it seems like it's going to be a sleeper hit, uh, the way people are talking about it. Um, I haven't played too much of that one yet. I've only just gotten into it, but it's, it's kind of like a Dark Souls Ninja Gaiden kind of hack and slash. It's so much fun. I love it. Um, but, Last Guardian's pretty good, um, I, am pretty, I, I, agree with the, I, it's a great game, but I don't think it deserves, like, it's a must-own game, it's definitely a very beautiful game, uh, the, Trico's AI is amazing, it's great, um. But yeah, uh, moving on from that, Titanfall 2 is amazing, completely underrated, definitely the best shooter that's come out this holiday, in my opinion, and I can't even believe I'm saying that as a Battlefield fan, (laughs) and Let It Die also surprised me, so I'm happy uh, that all of these games are actually doing, like, really good games, because I feel like I haven't played, like, amazing games in a couple months, so these have been really refreshing.
0: I have a question for you, so a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about I had finished the uh, Battlefield, uh, the Titanfall 2 campaign, and... uh, Mm -hmm. I thought it was good. I thought it threw a lot at you. I really liked it a lot. And I ended up saying, in my opinion, that uh, Effect and Cause is one of the best FPS, like, single-player missions of, like, the past decade. The only yeah. the only missions I could ever feel playing that made me, like, have that kind same kind of, like, wonder were in COD 4, um, all gillied up, um, and yeah. in uh, Modern Warfare 2, uh, no Russian. Other than that, FPS campaigns are really uh like a lot of the missions are kind of like hit or miss and they're not really memorable affecting cost to me was like a perfect mission uh in my opinion um and i i really thought the way it was set up and the way it looped was really well done i thought the mechanic they introduced was really good so did you like affecting cost do you think it was pretty yeah solid?
1: absolutely yeah. um when you when you i figured that's where you were going towards like uh significant missions in use and affecting cause is definitely one of them. Uh, I, I wasn't completely interested in the campaign overall but that mission in particular was very 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 interesting uh, the way it kind of flowed. Um, but I, I really love Titanfall 2 um, I, I think it deserves to be the best-selling shooter this holiday. It really seems like a lot of love and care went into it. Um, the multiplayer is amazing. Uh, Coliseum mode um, is, like, the best multiplayer game mode I've played in a very, very long time. It's so much fun. Uh, if you don't know what it is, it's just basically, like, you and one other pilot in an arena, uh, and you can—it's just—you you both get, like, a rocket launcher, and you just go at it. It's so much fun. Uh, and you have to pay to get in, and then you get like rewards uh, when you uh, win or lose. Um, it's really, really, really cool. And if you haven't played it, I would definitely recommend it. Uh, it's definitely like a, a great game to play after like Battlefield One's pretty slow, but Titanfall Two is like that sped up kind of arena shooter feel that I, I kind of wanted uh, in a shoot. Oh, I like in a shooter. Uh, Battlefield One's still amazing though. I'm it's production. Like, quality-wise, it's definitely better, but I'm enjoying
0: Titanfall 2 a lot more. Well, the crazy thing, too, is, like, I think a lot of people kept forgetting that, you know, the guys that respawn were the guys at Infinity Ward, the guys who brought us Call of Duty 4, who kind of, you know, brought Call of Duty into what it is now. And, like, when they first announced the first Titanfall, I was super behind I'm Like, I know these guys, I know what they do, Vincent Pell and those guys, like... They know what they're doing. So when Titanfall 2 came around, they're like, oh, we're actually going to have a solid campaign. I'm like, "Well, oh, I remember that COD Four campaign. It had so many special moments, you know, like all gillyed up. So I was like, I, they're going to knock it out of the park. The problem is the timing, and there's a lot of issues there. I agree with you that it's probably, it's probably up there as one of, if not the best shooter. And it is underrated. I think... Uh, You know, um, other people have talked about how Call of Duty's campaign is great and everything, but they don't talk about the multiplayer. And I mean, that's a huge issue with a lot of people this year with the Call of Duty. Isn't that, you know, a lot of people like to say it's very easy to be like, oh, Call of Duty is the one people like to hate. But, I mean, then again, people don't like the multiplayer. You know, it's getting bad reviews. Like, I was actually looking on the Xbox Store, I think it was a couple of days ago, and normally games on, I don't know how it is on PSN because I'm not familiar with it, but on the Xbox Store, almost every game is a three or higher very rarely is a game uh, a two or one right because even all the fans who love the games that aren't very good they still vote on it uh, and rate it to be higher than what it should be um and the baseline uh, purchase for call of duty uh infinite warfare was a two star so i thought that was pretty interesting
1: I, I, i actually um funny you mentioned call of duty i actually did end up with a copy of it um i bought a ps4 pro and it just so happened that they were doing a promotion where it came with it so i was like i'm not gonna complain about that i'm not gonna complain about that i'm just gonna take my copy of call of duty um yeah. <laughs> but i did play I, I played a little bit of uh, infinite Warfare. i've been playing i haven't barely touched it though i've been playing more titanfall and modern warfare remastered um but uh, i played a, like one match in the multiplayer and it just it's not it does not feel as good as Titanfall Two does in terms of like it has wall running, it has all of that stuff. But with Titanfall Two, it's so its flow is so much better. Uh, it just feels good in your hands, and it never feels like you know you don't have full control over your character. Uh, Infinite Warfare does have really cool zombie mode, though. I will give it that. I've been enjoying that with some friends uh, as of w- recently.
0: The, I think the biggest issue people have is it doesn't feel like a Call of Duty game and it doesn't feel like a game better than Titanfall 2, you know? So it doesn't feel like boots on the ground kind of kind of uh, what people have been accustomed to with Call of Duty and it doesn't feel better than Titanfall 2 so it's kind of in this middle ground, you know? Uh, it's weird that the modern warfare remaster is hostage to this game but it makes sense because it gives people a reason to buy that game and they want to sell the game as much as possible um a lot of people expected this by the holiday for it to be standalone that you could buy the modern warfare by itself i still stick by what i said before that this is going to be a while maybe halfway through next year Um, there's even rumors that Modern Warfare 2 will be attached to their new Call of Duty game next year, so I don't know if this is their way of making people buy their new games that people don't want, is, you know, tying games that people actually love to them that are remasters, it's really weird. Um, yeah, I I don't like what Activision's been doing the last couple of years, especially with Destiny, um, I, I have strong opinions on Destiny, I don't think it's as, as good of a game as a lot of people try to praise it for, um. And I spent a lot of time with Destiny. I don't know if you did, Jordan, but I spent a lot of time with it. And uh, yeah, I, I just I have a lot to say about
1: Activision. Yeah, be on yeah, the podcast. We could probably do like a whole <laughs> yeah. hour long topic on yeah. shooters. Um, I'm not even like a, I don't even consider myself a huge shooter fan. I'm just I'm naturally like pretty good at them typically, um, but it's i'm more of like an rpg guy which is like weird that i get i i didn't i told myself i was buying battlefield on this holiday and that was going to be it and then somehow i ended up with titanfall 2 <laughs> call of duty and battlefield and i'm like all right well <laughs> what are you gonna do
0: yeah well it's i mean a lot of times too in the fall it's like all shooters so it's like well do you want to play a new video game it's more than likely going to be a shooter right so you kind of have to deal with it um and usually shooters have a huge budget too so there's most of the time pre- the prettiest games outside of like racing games um yeah, but let's get right into it. Uh, like I said, we're not going to have topics this week. We're just going to be doing predictions for PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo, and then everybody else. So we're going to start off with the PlayStation predictions. Uh, I'll go first, and we'll go in a round robin kind of style, and we'll all discuss. Um, so my first one should get you happy, Jordan. Um, so my first prediction is that I think this is going to be the year of JRPGs. And the reason I say this is I think that uh, Persona 4, Gravity Rush 2, uh, Nier Automata, and Nino Kuni 2 are all going to exceed sales expectations. Um, I think that people are getting in this kind of open world fatigue, and I think that people, and this kind of leans into my second prediction that I'll do later, but I think a lot of people are looking for different types of games to play. And though JRPGs are beloved by a lot of people, I think they are still a kind of niche genre. And I think that, uh, you know, Persona 4 is... Uh, Persona 5. I don't know why I said Persona 4. Sorry about that. Persona 5, Gravity Rush 2, Nino Kuni 2 especially, I think they have a lot of ground in marketing. Um, you know, Nino Kuni 2 looks like uh, a Miyazaki film, right? So I think that can pull a lot of people in. Uh, Persona 5 looks like a very awesome, stylish time. People who played Persona know how, how awesome it is. And I think they'll be a huge factor in getting people to that game. And Gravity mm-hmm. Rush 2, I think, is interesting enough... And it can market itself enough to be an interesting superhero-esque kind of game. Um, and obviously a lot of times sequels do sell better than the originals. But, yeah, my prediction is that it'll be a solid year for JRPGs. I just named all of the PlayStation ones uh, because they always have the strongest lineup of JRPGs. Um, and we might get some weird indies here and there. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, also, I think they're all going to exceed sales
1: expectations.
2: You also have uh, Dragon Quest 8 uh, re-releasing yeah. on the 3DS. I think 11.
1: 11 might be yep. coming out next year as well. And Eleven. Yeah.
2: I don't remember if it is next year or not, but that's the new one that, yeah, should be. I think it should be I next know, year.
1: Uh, I don't know if it's really considered it a JRPG, but another uh, interesting Japanese-esque game coming out. Scalebound, I believe it's called. Is that on Xbox? Yeah, that's on Xbox. That, yeah. one, that one looks uh, – I, I wish that was coming to PlayStation. I'm not going to be able to play it, um, but it looks very cool. That one looks cool as well.
0: Yeah, I think I think people are just getting. The reason I came up with this prediction is I just think people are getting fatigued with the same thing over and over again. I think it will be a great time for like the GRPG to shine. You know, um, I'm not. I I would never call myself a huge fan of the GRPG genre. Not because I don't like the games, but I was never introduced to them younger. So I'm kind of getting into them now. Like I still need to go back and I want to play Chrono Trigger a lot. It's just a genre I've never been familiar with. Um, but I, I do appreciate it and I do like them. Like um, Nino Kuni Two, actually, amongst a lot of games, is uh, might be a system seller for me for a PS Four, uh, which is strange because I don't know if a really? lot of people are going to buy PS Four for Nino Kuni Two. But like, no, absolutely, man. Yeah, yeah. I love Miyazaki. Like I, and like Nino Kuni, I actually might end up picking up on sale because I do own a PS Three. I bought it for Last of Us. Um, and those games, it just looks beautiful like I really appreciate good art in games and everyone says that the first Ni no Kuni was astounding and it's like Pokemon kind of mix of the Miyazaki films so that sounds yeah. amazing um, yeah but that's my prediction, I think you guys have said everything about that, What's uh, Jordan what's your first prediction for Playstation for the year of 2017?
1: Uh, my first prediction, uh, well, I thought about it for a little bit, and I, I basically came up with that I believe that next year, uh, holiday 2017, Days Gone and Detroit Become Human are going to be the two exclusives that uh, Sony decides to push that was, for the holidays. Okay. That was mine too.
2: I had Days Gone coming out next November.
1: Yeah, okay. I think Days Gone is uh, almost a definite. I- I'd be surprised if it wasn't. Uh, I-, I know Sony, uh, Shuhei, and all of them have been saying that they want to learn from their past mistakes and not just announce release dates. Um, Days Gone has been in development for so long. I'd be kind of shocked if it didn't come out next holiday. Um, and Detroit has also been in development for some time, uh, as far as I know. Uh, I don't follow that studio too much. Quantic Dream, I believe that's yes, yeah. them right. Quantic Dream. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't follow them too closely, but I did play Heavy Rain. I really enjoyed Heavy Rain. I missed Beyond Two Souls, and I'm probably never going to play that, but that also looked pretty interesting. Um, But I am excited for both those games. Both of their E3 trailers really got me hyped up. Um, So I'm hoping, and fingers crossed, that that will be the holiday games for uh, PlayStation. I don't think God of War or some of the Maybe Spider-Man as well, but I don't think God of War is going to make it out this Uh, year.
0: One of my strongest contrarian opinions that you just made me realize... Uh, I think, uh, Beyond Two Souls is a better game than Heavy Rain. To me, the story and everything, I liked it a lot more. And that's a super minority opinion. Everyone loves Heavy Rain. A lot of people hated Beyond Two Souls. I'm a huge Ellen Page fan, so maybe that goes into it. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people had the problem with the story being told out of order, which, I mean, I had an easy time following it. I I guess some people just, I don't know, I thought it was pretty easy to streamline that, um... I have one of my, my second prediction is actually funny in comparison to what you just said about uh, those titles coming out next year. Um, so I'll get to that later. But uh, Dom, what's yours? He took one of yours. I think you also said Days Gone is coming out next November.
2: So no, and it, and it's I feel exactly the same way. Days Gone feels like it actually could be farther along uh, than we know, and then God of War, and not, obviously Death Stranding and so on are kind of farther down. But yeah, uh, next one I'll give out is PSVR gets a price drop probably around e3 time next year um, I can see it. especially if sales are as bad as rumors suggest um, i can see them you know trying to unload and either completely cut the cord with this thing or just get it into as many hands as they can and cut their losses to try to garner interest in it that way cuz to me this is the kind of thing that you kind of have to sell it at a loss just to get as get it into the hands of as many people as possible but yeah. to be viable long-term. So I think they're going to be like, ah. So I'm saying 350 probably with, with something bundled in kind of thing. Did you see their PR
0: spin with the sales of it? They said yeah. it's already sold more than the Vive and uh, what was the other one? Oculus? Yep. Well, it's, yep. of course it's going to sell more. It's <laughs> half the price. <laughs> like, right. You know, you'd expect it to sell way more than that. So, yeah, I, I'm with you there. I could definitely see that getting a price drop. Plus,
2: the number of people who have PS4s, you know, around 50 million, and the number of people who have capable PCs for, either, for Vive or Oculus is, I don't know the real number, but it's got to be less than that.
1: because most graphics cards that come out now are coming out yeah. as compatible, but it is this past uh, year. not a super trendy thing yet technically Mm -hmm. um i think uh on that point of the price drop i think something that sony could do that might help them out um they're also very strong in the tv business so maybe if they started selling it as a sony product as opposed to a playstation product yeah uh, something that could be adopted by the playstation audience and their other consumer audience which is admittedly probably pretty large pretty most people know who sony is um for 350 or 300, you know, I think more people would definitely get involved then if they didn't need the PlayStation 4 system to experience everything that VR has to offer.
0: Also, it might it might be that they're not fully, not that they're not fully committed to the VR, PSVR, but maybe they're not 100% confident in it yet. Like, it hasn't gotten to the point where they're willing to have that big marketing push. Um, I, a lot of the sales are reflected by the fact that they haven't done really any marketing outside of, like, Taco Bell commercials that they did when it was first coming out for giveaways. Um, I yeah, I can totally so see a boxes. price drop right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my second prediction actually uh, is opposite of you guys. So I put that – and this is just me, me being a cynic – is I don't think God of War, Spider-Man, Days Gone, or Detroit Become Human come out next year. Um, not that any of them don't get a release date for next year, but in Sony fashion, some of them will get delayed. Um, I think God of War is an absolute no for next year. Spider-Man is an absolute no. Detroit Become Human and Days Gone are the two, like you guys said, are maybes or more probables. But I could definitely see them being delayed because we're kind of used to that looking
1: at Sony's games. Um, I'd would be kind of you... shocked just yeah i'm sorry to interrupt just no i'd be kind of shocked if they had all of those games at e3 and not a single one came out next year like if jay's gone just comes out that's cool but like i'd be really shocked if like they had all of those games at e3 and not a single one makes it that'd be crazy i know we have some of the vr games they showed though i think they're coming out this year oh well, Nac 2 might come out in their place oh god Nac <laughs> um, 2 vr experience well
0: and that's a big thing too is like so one of my biggest concerns with their press conference for e3 last year was like you know, they had Horizon Zero Dawn, which was coming out, was supposed to be coming out this year, and then it got delayed, obviously. Um, but I was like, none of these games, like, almost every game they showed could easily not come out next year either. Uh, Spider-Man didn't even have a title. God of War, though, looked amazing, looked very early on, looked like a super vertical slice. Um, Days Gone, I think, looked the most done out of everything, and Detroit Become Human too. but, uh, I, I was like, yeah, they're going to have a press conference of almost everything that doesn't come out next year, you know. And people are like, oh, this, this is a great hype trailer. And then on the opposite side, people are complaining, why are companies showing their games too early over, over and over again, you know. Um, so we'll see. It's interesting. That's my super cynical, uh, you the know, th- prediction. The thing,
1: just before we end, the thing that, I, that gives me hope is when we did see a lot of those games, evidently I'm pretty sure they said that they were being played in real time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so. so we'll see hopefully at least one of them comes out if not two of them for all you PlayStation guys out there do um, you guys have any more PlayStation predictions Jordan
1: yeah just one more um, I. it's a simple one but I think that E3 2017 Sony will bring a major exclusive franchise to VR Ooh. I don't know what franchise but I think it will happen like an exclusive experience or like Like, I would, I mean, I would hope that it's an actual game. Maybe something that you can play in VR and regular, like maybe like Resistance, a new Resistance reboot. Uh, I can't think of what else because I can only think of shooters when it comes to VR. But I mean, an RPG could be kind of interesting. But I definitely think it's something that Sony should. I mean, they did it with the Vita. We saw Uncharted, we saw Gravity Rush, we saw a lot of uh, first-party Sony-owned studios make games. Um, I think they'd be stupid not to put you know their studios to work on the playstation vr or at least they're not like naughty dog or anything like that but you know what i mean
0: and resistance is first person right yes. so that would totally work yeah hmm, that'd be interesting or like an infinite i could see them doing like an infamous game like a side spin-off thing too or something oh uh,
1: yeah definitely With, like the playstation move controls you're like yep. shooting lightning bolts and crap like that
0: I will give them props. Uh, they are willing to commit to stuff outside of like the PlayStation Move. They are willing to commit hard to stuff with their stuff. So, um, I, I I think that's a, a, a good prediction. I think they're gonna. I mean, look, they already made a deal with like Resident Evil, you know. So it's like it's interesting to see where they're willing to try to negotiate and try to get some PSVR experiences that make you want to own the peripheral. So, yeah, I think it's a I think it's a very uh, logical and well reasoned uh, prediction. Hopefully, for all you PlayStation gamers. All
2: right, I got one more. Um, Jerry, you're going to roll your eyes because I'm always the one wanting to talk about this when seemingly no one else does. But I'm thinking that PlayStation Now is going to get a new pricing structure and its catalog, which is actually pretty good already, is going to get expanded like rapidly. Um, so right now, you can only subscribe at a, you know a month or three months or a year at a time to PlayStation Now, and then you can play whatever you want. I think they're gonna go back to, you could rent a game, just the game, you know, for $5 and you get it for seven days kind of thing. I think they're gonna go somewhere in that direction. Um, this is just guessing that they're not making much money on it right now, so they're to, gonna to wanna to change things. Yeah. yeah. Especially no, after they invested, yeah, after they invested so much money to get this up and running. The, expanding the library is the biggest thing. Um, well, yeah, and Xbox think, just
0: hit 300 backwards compatible titles, 300 plus. Exactly. So it's like, yeah.
2: And regardless of how much that gets used, like that's a huge selling point for Xbox. at PlayStation, it's even with PlayStation now, it's obviously not the same, not nearly as good. But they don't seem to be advertising it as much, at least uh, from what I've seen. So I think they're gonna either, I think they're gonna completely, you know, full force get behind this a little bit more. If not, then they're just gonna have to drop it someday here. But
0: so that's actually, my prediction. Uh, Xbox actually recently released that over 50% of gamers who uh, have backwards compatible titles play them. So yeah, yep. I, I think that's a, that's a good a good rate of people. I only have one more prediction left, um, and it's not really it's like a softball. It's not nothing like crazy or anything, but uh, I think Destiny 2, whatever that is, whatever they call it, will come out next at the end of next year, and I think it'll be the headline for PlayStation. Um, I think it'll be their big blow. I think they have a huge deal with Activision and. You know, Activision wants this to sell as well or better than the first Destiny. So I think it'll be their headliner. I think it'll be a huge blowout of, like, here's this, here's this, here's what we have changed. It'll be a, a big demonstration on stage. Um, and, yeah, I think, that, I think that Destiny 2 will headline PlayStation. That's not a drastic thing to say, but they were at the, you know, they're almost at every E3 for PlayStation now. But I think... They will be the thing for PlayStation. Um, kind of like how Call of Duty was for Microsoft for a couple of years, where it was like they ended the show with them uh, most of the time. I think, uh, yeah, I think Destiny Two will be the headliner next year for E Three for PlayStation. So, um, yeah, I don't think that's too crazy. Obviously, it might not happen, but it's an. I'm not going out there and you know, doing tarot cards or something coming up with some crazy predictions. Um. I think that's pretty much it. I think we covered everything. We had some some predictions for PSVR. We had some predictions for third-party and uh, first-party. Um, any predictions for Pro? Will the Pro get like a remodel? Do you guys think there will be a PS4 Pro Slim? Uh, anything with that? Do you think they're just going to... Nothing with consoles anymore for the next couple of years.
1: Yeah, I think they're done for a while. I think they should be until the PS5 at this point. I think they're good Kay. with the solid lineup that they have. The only yeah. thing that
2: will happen there is... It might drop the price if one of my other predictions comes true and we'll get to that in a second.
0: Okay, uh, so the next the next set of predictions we're going to be doing is for Xbox. Uh, we finished PlayStation, we're going to be doing Xbox now. Um, I'll start off. So my first prediction is with Project Scorpio. Uh, obviously that's a big thing for Xbox next year. Um, my heart wants the price to be 400 um, though I don't think that's possible. Um, so what I'm saying is I think that the Project Scorpio's baseline is going to be $450, 449.99, 449 um, And then I think they're going to also have a, and obviously, uh, lower memory, probably like, I would say a terabyte, hopefully, hopefully. Um, I would love two terabytes. And then the second uh, the, sun, the second bundle would be, uh, the second version would be a $500 game bundle. And I think it'll be bundled with uh, one of their fall games that's going to come along with uh, the Scorpio, we, and My other prediction is I think it's going to be a new Xbox. I don't think it's going to be 1.5 or whatever the hell you would call it. I think this is going to be a new iteration. I don't think they're going to do the Xbox One Pro kind of thing that PlayStation did. I think they're all in on this. Um, and I think they're just playing close to the vest saying that this is for... Phil Spencer and all of them have been very clever with their wording. And they haven't really committed to the fact if this is a new Xbox or not. And they've kind of danced around that. And I think they're going to go full committal on a new Xbox. And I think the $500 version is going to come with one of their quote-unquote release titles, um, which is either going to be Crackdown 3 or Scalebound, which we talked about earlier, uh, Jordan. Um, I think those will be bundled into the console as well. Um, They're completely different games. One's a shooter with destructible environments we heard about a couple years ago. We didn't hear about it this year because uh, I think they were getting it ready for Project Scorpio. The whole cloud computing and uh, everything being destructible, I think that was the whole part of... um, them having a more powerful xbox and then scalebound obviously serves a different audience and i think that's part of the reason that game got delayed is because they wanted it to look beautiful on that new xbox and uh i think that's why excuse me it was having such performance issues at e3 is because i think that's not their priority when it comes to um the iteration they're working on the most i think it is for that beautiful xbox scorpio version and not the xbox one version you know so i think that's why it was a little rougher on the edges um, but that's it. So
2: my first prediction is just the price points for Scorpio. Uh, what about you guys? I got <clears> – <throat> I'm a little more optimistic. I got Scorpio. Reveal the E3, which uh, is not really a prediction at this point. But I'm going to say it does come out at $400. Ooh, okay. Um, and, the, and you said it might not be possible, and that's probably true. But we got to remember that the price point of the PlayStation 4 Pro being $400. We're, we're going forward a year in time, and chipsets are going to get cheaper during yep. that time. And Microsoft is probably in a better position to not profit as much on each box. Oh, they could as... definitely eat money, way more money than Sony. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that they might and right now there's kinda they're all kinda hush hush on it about how much this thing is gonna cost. Like Spencer said, Well, it's you know, it's a high end product, so expect something like that. And then a couple weeks later he said, Well, it's still a console price. You know what I mean? They're just it's real fuzzy right now. So I think they're just gonna come out like blow the doors off. This thing's four hundred dollars. If it was if they were gonna do anything different, like if it came out at $500, then I would imagine that would start with a two terabyte hard drive, just yeah. to kind of make people feel like there's more to it. It's kind of what the pro does, because with giving it a terabyte hard drive, you know, doesn't cost hardly anything more. You know, it doesn't add very much to the price of the console to them, especially when they're buying um, so many hard drives in bulk. I'm sure they get them real cheap. So increasing that storage, like, stamping it real big on the box one terabyte two terabytes same with phones and everything it adds to the value even though it doesn't add that much cost to it so i could see them doing five hundred dollars with a two terabyte drive but ultimately i'm predicting four hundred and people are going to lose their minds and then sony will drop the price of the ps4 pro in the fall i don't know how much but that's what i got
0: uh, question, do you think, so my prediction is that it's going to be the Xbox 2, right? Obviously it might be called something different. Do you think this is an iteration to the Xbox One, or do you think this is a new console? How do you think they're going to market it and pitch it?
2: I still think it's going to be called Xbox One and then whatever something. the word is. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Just to avoid isolate or uh, alienating all the people who bought Xbox Ones, because they did say that everything will work, uh, everything is compatible in both directions, just like PS4 Pro. So I imagine they're not going to give it a Totally, totally different name uh, from Xbox One. And
0: the, also, the great thing that this thing has going for it is that it will launch with, at the very least, over 300 backwards compatible titles. You know that you already sure have available well. on your Xbox One. So oh, that's sweet too. Uh, Jordan, what's your first Xbox prediction? I know you're not too, you're not an Xbox guy, right? So,
1: but I do know their lineup pretty well. But um, I think that uh, Halo Six will be announced at E3. Um, I don't think there's any like question that it won't. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to be announced for E3 I mean it's going to be announced at E3 slated for 2018 uh, same developer 343 um, I guess it'll be the last Halo for a bit I assume I don't know I don't know if they'll mention anything about the series and how it, it's what happens after it's over because like, Halo is kind of Microsoft's Mario in a way I yeah. feel like um, so I feel like they can really never let it end But I don't know if we'll find out more about that, but I definitely think Halo 6 is coming imminently.
0: I think 6 needs to be a transition game because it's not called Master Chief for a reason, right? And, like, I think they need to... Though Master Chief is such the face of it, a lot of people feel as if they blew it with Halo 5, and I think that they need to figure out a way to transition this properly because Master Chief can't always be the protagonist. And unless they do, like, some kind of weird, like, franchise reboot or timeline thing or alternate dimension thing, I don't know how they're exactly going to handle that. But uh, my other prediction is, uh, and is uh, we'll get an announcement for Halo Six, which is you just said. Obviously, it's not too crazy of an announcement. Uh, my other one is people tend to forget, though Lionhead closed, Microsoft still owns the right to Fable. I think they're yeah. gonna announce. I think they're gonna announce the new Fable game, which I'd be super stoked for. Um, they have some. Fable stu- reboot. Yeah, Fable. Fable reboot. Yeah, I don't think they'd call for. Um, obviously, it's not gonna be Legends. Um, I, I really think that they, that's a beloved franchise, a lot of people love Fable, and I think they might have been having people work on it um, for a while now, um, and I think that it's going to be announced possibly for next year, I highly doubt it, probably early 2018 game. Um, the other thing with uh, Halo 6 is uh, a lot of people have expected them to also come out with a you know, we had the ODST, we had Reach, people are expecting something like that. Kind of like a Gears Judgment-esque kind of thing. Seems like Microsoft does that more often than PlayStation or Nintendo, well, not so much Nintendo, but like, it's you have your main lines and then you have a side story, like a full-fledged game, you know? So you have Halo 1, 2, 3, ODST, Reach, Halo 4, 5, people are expecting another one. Just like Gears has Gears 1, 2, 3, Judgment, and then 4. Um, so maybe that's where they go with it too, is maybe that non, uh, numbered Halo game is the transition game. Uh, we'll see. It's interesting. A lot of people liked Reach. A lot of people liked ODST. I did not like ODST personally, uh, one bit, but, uh, that introduced Nathan Fillion's character who was actually in Halo 5. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, my second announcement isn't too crazy. Fable and Halo 6. Uh, Dom, what's your, your
2: next one? Well, I had a new Fable game announced on my list of predictions as well. Oh, wow, really? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I could echo exactly what you just said because that's what I was thinking when I wrote that down. So, um, moving on, the next prediction I had, this is a big one. Um, Oculus support for Xbox One Scorpio exclusively. Okay, that so, makes sense, yeah. Well, you know, previously when I said they're still going to be called Xbox One uh, hyphen whatever word, so that, you know, it's clear that games work on both. I think the Oculus support will be exclusive to the Scorpio to give a, <clears throat> a much more, a much bigger, you know, reason for people to buy it and to upgrade. Um, and then on top of that, exclusive Fallout 4, sorry, exclusive to Oculus, fall, or Oculus and Vive anyway, non-PlayStation VR, damn it, All right, for Fallout 4 and VR. Okay. They are working on that, but they haven't really said much about what platforms. I don't see that coming to PSVR, um, seeing as there's a lack of power compared to Scorpio. Um, So I think that's going to be like a PC and Xbox One Scorpio VR
1: exclusive.
0: That's interesting. I wonder if that's – there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind closed doors that we'll never know about, right? And earlier this year, a couple months ago, we had that riff with Bethesda and mods on PS4. Exactly. And I wonder if there was some weird kind of contention there because – PlayStation already kind of felt as if they weren't gonna get anything from Bethesda on PSVR, and I mean that would that would be great for PSVR, right? If they had some Bethesda stuff some Fallout 4 or some Skyrim or something, and I, I think the oculus is an easy call if they were on stage with Microsoft last year You can tell that they're planning something a huge part of The 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 unveiling of Project Scorpio were developers talking about how powerful this thing is and them saying it's 4k capable and all this stuff and It seems like the reason to have a more powerful console is to get into the vr market right so um it's going to be interesting also like so the cool thing i think with scorpio that can be uh have its head and shoulders above psvr is that if oculus works with xbox scorpio then it's probably going to work with your pc and uh xbox has already came out and said a lot of their titles are going to be play anywhere meaning if you buy it on one you can play it on both that means it's going to be super maneuverable for people that have an xbox in the living room where they can do vr or in their in their office or something like the fact that you can you, you'll be able to buy one oculus that works on both your console and your pc is going to be huge uh psvr only works on playstation right i mean that's kind of a dumb question to ask but does it only work on a playstation console like Tech. you can't plug it Tech. into pc right
2: you can um, plug it into a pc but it's not you can't like play a bunch of pc games i don't think
0: yeah i don't believe so it's not it's like v- it's, it's in not like a it's intended only for consoles. I'm, people have made workarounds, right, I'm assuming?
1: Um, yeah, it's weird.
0: Yeah. What's your second prediction, uh, Jordan, for Xbox?
1: Yeah, it's kind of a simple one, but uh, I think Sea of Thieves will be their big uh, holiday 2017 game uh, for sure. Um, it looks like it's kind of rare trying to step back in the spotlight, so... I think Microsoft would be smart to kind of make it their headlining uh, title, especially uh, another game that can really take advantage of the Scorpio. Um, So, I mean, I hope that it's kind of rare coming back into the spotlight and making, like, an amazing game. It looks really cool. Um, But, you know, we'll see. But, um, yeah, I think that'll be their big holiday title.
0: Well, the thing, too, with Sea of Thieves is it's it's one of those games that I think a lot of rare games are like this – uh, and this one is probably the most adult-ish rare game. A lot of them are super kid-friendly. If you have a game like that that parents don't feel bad buying for their kid in the holiday, it's going to sell like gangbusters, right? Like uh, Sea of Thieves, I think, was going to sell very well. I think Ratchet & Clank, though it didn't sell terribly, I think that game would also sold really huge in the holiday if it would come out this holiday season. Because um, Ratchet & Clank does play big with families. And, uh, yeah, I, I think Microsoft could have a very strong fall. Uh, They have Sea of Thieves, they have Crackdown hopefully, Um, they have Scalebound, they have like a lot of things brewing so it's going to be interesting how the fall plays out with them and with PlayStation's games that we're not sure which ones are coming out in the fall um, if any. Um, I think that's pretty much it. I think the last prediction I have for Xbox is, uh, and this is a pretty eh one, is I, I think because they're launching this new console. And they want people to get invested and they want to grow closer with their community because though Xbox sells really well with PlayStation stuff, I still think they don't have that legacy that PlayStation does or Nintendo, right? Because Microsoft and Xbox are the newest ones in this market. And I think they are going to start an, uh, an Xbox version of psx whatever that in, uh, is they have their own like fan event now but it's not really huge it's kind of like closed off i really think they're going to have something big uh whether that's in like seattle or somewhere uh i think they're going to blow the doors off of it I think they're going to have whatever they plan to call it, xbox something um but i do think they're they're with phil spencer at the head i think he understands community more than anybody obviously he's turned that ship around tenfold And uh, I think it's one of his primary things to have the community of Xbox come together more tightly. And uh, I could easily see them having an Xbox uh, PSX, which would be super awesome because I watch all these people go to PSX and I'm like, that's great for you guys. I wish I could do that with Xbox, you know? So hopefully that happens. We'll see. What do you guys think? What are the chances of a a, a PSX for Xbox kind of thing? You think it's very likely?
1: I've dabbled with the idea but uh you know i think it's something phil spencer is definitely would be totally down to do but it's very much like a corporate approved thing you know they have to get yeah. all those developers to come like microsoft isn't known for really caring about the xbox brand bill gates has like said that he doesn't care much for it as much as he used to um but i would be really happy to see the xbox doing that for their fans
0: yeah, they have their own. They have their own like uh, event center, convention center. They can do it at like their own building. So it's like a lot of the cost they wouldn't even have to uh, eat. You know, so it's interesting. Hopefully it happens. We'll see. That's
2: that. That's actually a really interesting point you bring up, Jordan. That, yeah, X, or Microsoft, yeah, doesn't care about Xbox nearly as much as Sony cares about PlayStation. So there's a benefit to PlayStation being one of the only profitable parts of Sony. Yeah, <laughs> is that it gets all that attention, whereas Microsoft is, you know, a giant. They make hand um, over fist and everything. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, yeah, Bill Gates was never really totally into Xbox. And I can't remember the new CEO's name. Something foreign. Um, I don't. I think he's come out and he doesn't ever really talk about Xbox all that much, even though it's a huge one of his divisions. But that's, a, that's something I never really thought about. That's a good point. The
0: upstanding of that too is maybe because they don't really care about it in the sense maybe they aren't as overarching on it and they aren't so corporate in it and they're just like, hey, Phil Spencer, you know what you're doing. If anything crazy happens, let us know. Just – and they're seeing, point the sales, yeah, they're seeing the sales numbers go up. They're like, so why should we intervene at all if, you know, Xbox is now outpacing PlayStation down the stretch. Obviously more people on mm-hmm. PlayStation, so there's no point to buy a PS4 if you already own one. But he has turned that boat around and maybe they're seeing the sales numbers and the profit margins. They're like, this, this dude's fine on his own. Oh, he wants to do an event? It's not going to cost that much? Cool. Let him do it, you know? So there's definitely opposite sides of that argument of, yeah, Microsoft definitely doesn't care that much about Xbox, but what does that mean exactly, you know, one or the other? Um... Let's get into Nintendo, which I think out of the three big boys, I think can have the biggest year just because they are launching a brand new piece of hardware. Uh, I think this is the most interesting out of the three. We kind of already know Sony's cards for the most part, Xbox's cards for the most part. This is where it can get wild, and one of my predictions is super crazy. Um, But my first prediction, there have been a lot of prices floating around from the likes of Laura Dale and a lot of other people have been leaking tons of information about the the Switch. Um, So... My prediction is that it's going to have three different uh, versions of it. I think 250 is going to be the baseline. I think this is going to come with the Switch, the dock, and the little middle thing that makes the dog face controller. Um, I think that's going to be it. It's not going to come with the game or anything. I think there's going to be a $300 version that comes with the game. This will be if the Mario's at launch or if Zelda's at launch, which we've heard rumors that it's not. Um, so I think the 300 is going to be the bundle. Probably more memory. Obviously, as they go up, this is, they're going to have more memory. Um, and the 350 version, which I think will be the most expensive one, the deluxe version, as it as it may. And I think this will come with everything I said before, so it'll have a game. But I think it'll have one more thing, and it's I'm interested to see what exactly the price point is um, overall. But I think it'll either be an extra dock, um, because people have talked about how the docks are so inexpensive that they want people to be able to feel as if they can use this around the house and they can have multiple docks plugged in, or it'll come bundled with a Pro Controller because, you know, Nintendo, though they want this to sell as a, as a handheld, they also want it to be known that this is a console. And though you do include the little puppy dog controller thing, I think having a, a, a version of this that comes with the Pro Controller already in it makes people be like, when they see the box, they're like, oh, this is actually a video game console. That's a real controller. Because even though... The dog-faced one functions as a regular controller. It doesn't look like it. When people see the Pro Controller on the box, oh, they're like, this is a handheld and an actual console, you know? It's hard to kind of get that across to people when you don't have that obvious uh, visual help for people. Um, so, yeah, I think there's going to be three different price points, uh, whether they're at the ones I suggest or not. 250 300 350 is my prediction. So,
2: Yeah, I'm not going to even... I have a couple prices written down too, but... I'm not even going to touch on it because you already did and there's been so many rumors that those numbers are kind of becoming a certainty almost, it seems. Um, Let's hope so, at least. Um, uh, Along with 3D Mario at launch and Zelda delayed, we're hearing that so much that I think that's almost a certainty too, it seems. That one I hope I'm wrong on. Um, So the more bold prediction I have for Switch is that it comes fully with a full virtual console across all of Nintendo's previous consoles except the Wii U. So Wii games, GameCube games, and down the line um, will be available on virtual console on the Switch um, limited to you know whatever games they decide to sell through their store um, type of thing, but I'm sure there will be plenty and it will grow too because I'm sure that they see right now they make a ton of money on virtual console um, even when they don't yeah, even when they don't you know, pour that much into it. So I think they're going to keep on uh, milking that nostalgia. And I'm very happy about that. So I have no problems with it. Um, but the reason I pull out Wii U um, is probably a, there would be a, a bit of a power limitation to emulate a Wii U. And that's why I think we're going to see all these uh, Wii U ports instead, um, which obviously you don't need as much power for a port that you do for an emulation. The Wii U
0: classics or whatever the hell they're going to call them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Classic from it's a year ago. Smash.
2: And Mario Kart, it seems like they're going to port, you know, or at least that's what the rumors are hinting at. So, and then the really quick, I'm going to say like they have a trophy system. I'll give them that.
0: Like an achievement trophy system, something accomplishment yep. system. Yeah. Something.
1: I feel like that they like, they won't have something that's tied to a profile though. I feel like that's not very Nintendo-y. It's going like... to
2: suck, but they're going to try.
1: Maybe, maybe. I I think personally that um, like it, Nintendo is the type of company that wants you to play a game without worrying about a trophy system and an achievement mm-hmm. system. I think they're more into th- that. They're into that kind of legacy. because um, in a way, I love trophies, but they do kind of they can distract you from playing, like, oh, I have to go? Like, you can put yourself in a bad situation in a game if you're trying to go for a tough trophy, where you'll get frustrated with the game. Nintendo wants you to, I I would assume that Nintendo would want you more to play the game the way you want to play the game without having to worry about this system of points that you can acquire. I I, I know it, yeah, I know in, like, Mario games, they have, like, sticker systems where you can collect things and things like that, but that's what I think.
2: I, I just picture all the Nintendo execs, like looking over at Sony and scoffing in disgust at all the people tapping on mayonnaise jars.
1: Basically my name is disgusting game. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's so shameless. Like a yeah. dollar for a platinum. That's what it's come to.
1: Yeah. And Nintendo's never necessarily been a shameless company. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. I,
0: I would like uh, like an achievement based system. A stars would be the easiest thing I think is, you know, everyone knows that from super Mario 64. Um, I do agree with you that they are the kind of company that wants people just to have fun and not have to worry about things. But, I mean, people – its I understand you're Nintendo, but obviously we've seen that just being Nintendo hasn't worked for them. So they might feel as if they need to switch what they're doing because it obviously doesn't speak to the market anymore. Um, so hopefully there's some kind of account system because uh, – though I, I like Nostalgia too and I like their old games, I don't like the fact that people talk about EA being the worst company in Activision and yet Nintendo makes you buy the same game about 38 times. So. <laughs> yeah um and they're not uh, people can say stuff about remasters at least those games are remastered you know the nintendo games are literally the same thing so anyways yeah besides the point i
1: would i would i would prefer if nintendo kind of remain their own like anomaly um i i think a lot of people are wrong in saying that they want nintendo to be more like microsoft and more like sony because if they are then we just it's just another like battle another uh, opponent added to the the argument it's like it, like most people nowadays most gay hardcore gamers nowadays like they'll have a playstation but they'll also have nintendo for nintendo games and nintendo kind of has power that sony and microsoft don't wear they're not as much known as the, they're not as well known for their like hardware as they are for their for ips and their franchises and even their handhelds they seem like they're uh taking a lot of like notes down seeing how that well their ds 3ds game boy all of those things do and so they're kind of it seems like they're kind of pushing that into the switch and kind of trying to streamline and uh, make them both together now. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I worded any of that correctly. I think but... <laughs> I think they
0: know that their mobile devices sell way more than their consoles do, and I think this is their middle ground of, like, people still love our console experiences, so we don't want to get rid of those, but our our handhelds sell way better, and we shouldn't focus efforts on a console that's not going to sell, so let's try to put both of them together. And I do agree with you, they don't need to be exactly like, but Nintendo does need to s- switch what they're doing get it, uh, because uh, what they have been doing obviously isn't working uh, outside of their anomaly, you know, so I don't want it to be exactly that, because I agree with you, and there's no, there's no fun there, they're not Nintendo anymore, but there are some things I think they need to change, and I think they are changing to make them more viable today's market, so we'll see. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, my second prediction is that, two of these we already know about, but I think that in the first year of Switch, we are going to get a Mario game, a Zelda game, which are already both, obviously, well... Zelda's confirmed. we were speculating on Mario. Uh, a Donkey Kong game and a Metroid game. Uh, I think the guys who do Tropical Freeze have been kind of quiet for a while. I think they're probably working on a new Donkey Kong game. I would love if somebody was working on a Metroid game. But, yeah, that's my bold prediction is that we're getting a well, Mario, wasn't, Zelda, wasn't Donkey Kong, um, and
1: Metroid. Wasn't the studio that made Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze the studio that made Metroid Prime? Yep. I could be wrong. No, they yep. made – I think – yeah, okay, yeah. Cool, cool,
0: They cool. they could be working on either of those. So, okay. uh, I think that we're gonna get all four of those. I think Nintendo wants this thing to sell, and they know that their IP sell more than their their actual hardware does. So, if you tell people, hey, you're getting a Mario, a Zelda, a Donkey Kong, and a Metroid in the first year of this thing, it's gonna sell a like Cockcakes All right. So, that's my bold prediction: is that you're getting the four major pillars, the Mount Rushmore of Nintendo, essentially, um, in the first year of the Switch, which most of it is next year, minus three months. Or so. So, uh, yeah, it's my bold prediction. What about you, Dom? What's your second?
2: I'm all out. I spent mine all all in one load. Okay. That um, was an interesting Jordan, way to more? word that.
1: <laughs> Jordan, do you have any more Nintendo predictions? Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. Um, I think oh, you said the Metroid one. I had Metroid written down for E3 2017. Uh, um, but my other prediction for it's a Switch-related one. I think there are going to be multiple multiple enhanced uh, 3DS ports coming to the Switch. Um, I know a couple weeks ago that uh, Pokemon's quote-unquote stars was rumored as a uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon-like remaster on the Switch and I mean it makes sense to me since it's a cartridge-based system uh, it's not super powerful it's more of a handheld and a uh, console hybrid I think it would make a lot of sense. I always said that um, the wii u gamepad was perfect for like a fire emblem game or an advanced wars game or pokemon game and i hope they fucking listen to me (laughs) just do that because this thing looks so perfect for like a strategy game especially if it's a touchscreen device which it looks like it definitely could be um that would be perfect like i'd be i'd be sold day one if i knew i could play fire emblem or advanced wars uh on the Nintendo Switch, so I think that is something that they, they'd be dumb not to do it. So I think they will definitely uh, have some 3DS ports of some really great games. So uh, I was looking at
0: some statistics for the 3DS's first year of sales, the Wii U's first year of sales, as far as um, hardware and software. So I kind of, kind of figured this out of my mind, and this is my other prediction. Uh, so I predict that Switch will sell 4 million units by the end of the year. And we'll have 70 new games by December 31st.
2: 70? Yes. I was actually wow. I was
0: the reason I'm saying this is I was looking at the 3DS and it had fifty-eight games within its first or no, 70, 73 games within its first year, and Wii U had fifty. Fifty something. So I was like somewhere in between there. So I might be off. I might be a little high. Um, but uh yeah, I think it's I think they're gonna I think they're gonna go all, all out with this thing, and because it's a hybrid, that means you're getting both the console games and the handheld games, and Nintendo puts out a lot of handheld games that are kinda like shovelware sometimes, um, but yeah, I think that it's gonna sell at least four million units by the end of the year. I was looking at their numbers for Wii U, uh, which, uh, weren't great overall, but actually in their first year they sold really well, and the 3DS and the DS both sold like hotcakes. So, um, yeah, I think I don't think that's too bold of a prediction. I think, hopefully for them, uh, they sell th- those units. Um, Yeah, that's it for Nintendo. uh, We've said enough. Uh, So we're going to get into the third parties or everyone else. So this is just, uh, you know, not PlayStation, uh, uh, Xbox, or Nintendo. This is third parties. Um, You can have uh, an Ouya prediction if you want the Ouya 2 resurrected. Um, So my first one is that we already know Red Dead 2 is coming out. I think it's going to come out in September. Uh, I don't think that's too bold of a prediction. Um... You know, Rockstar likes to have their games in the fall if uh, when they get them delayed. And I think that because they announced this so far from when they had their reveal trailer, I think they're kind of set in stone. They this game's been worked on for a long time, and they know. I don't think this game's going to get delayed. Is what I'm basically saying. I think they they announced this so far in the future because uh, it, the game could probably possibly be done by spring, but they know in their past they've had their games delayed multiple times. So I think they're just cool with like. We're going to put a date way out there or just give a year, and then we'll tell you guys later. So, um, yeah, I think Red Dead 2 comes out in uh, September.
2: I'm going to counter that. I'm going to say at E3 they give us a date. Well, not necessarily E3, but earlier next year they give us a date for fall. And then as that approaches, I'm going to predict that it gets delayed into 2018. Just because I'm cynical and skeptical of every date anyone ever tells me now.
1: Yeah. Uh, Jordan, what's yours? Um, I think that uh, it was rumored a couple days ago, but I think Square Enix will announce some sort of Final Fantasy collection for its 30th anniversary. Oh yeah, and I also think that uh, Final Fantasy 7 Part One will come out next year uh, to uh, celebrate the game's 20th anniversary. Uh, I think that's kind of a given. If I mean, I'd be I mean, it's Square Enix, so I know that could change, obviously, <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, I I think the whole reason uh, that they announced it. Uh, two years ago and then showed a uh, trailer at psx was because the 20th anniversary is coming up and it'd be pretty much the perfect time to uh release it so i think it'll end on the 25th anniversary or maybe a little later but uh i'm more excited for that uh collection actually though of uh if it, if it's real, but um, I'm definitely hoping that it is. Uh, the I think they the rumor was it's the first nine games uh, in the series on like for the Vita and the PS4. When they said the Vita, that's why I was like, this is kind of this definitely could be fake. Like, would Square Enix really poured all of those games to the Vita? Like with trophies and everything like I don't know but I hope so because that would be like I would buy the collector's edition even if it was like 500 dollars. like it's I love I would that's that'd be amazing if they did that so I did predict it would be the year of our
0: uh, JRPG so hopefully that comes true Um, Yeah, I
1: mean, that would be the
0: the crowning jewel, basically. (laughs) Right. And I never played Final Fantasy VII. Obviously, like I said, I'm late to JRPGs. And the remake actually has me super interested. I'm more likely to play a remake of an older game than the older game. And that sucks to say, but, like, a lot of people have nostalgia for games that are older because they played them when they were originally out. And it's unless you absolutely love a franchise, it's hard to go back and play older games, um, I feel anyways. And uh, I think the, the remake, hopefully it's not too different than the original as far as its heart. Hopefully, uh, I'll like it. So, we'll see. Um, cool. Who cares? A lot of people love it. Who cares if I like it? Uh, <laughs> so, my second prediction uh, is that uh, Mass Effect Andromeda and Star Wars Battlefront 2 will both have a DLC uh, timed exclusive to Xbox. Um it's no surprise that Xbox works hand in hand with EA. EA access is on, is on Xbox. Um, you know, Battlefield has shifted towards more Xbox-centric, just like Call of Duty went towards PlayStation. Um, and I think Mass Effect Andromeda is going to have DLC. Obviously, Star Wars Battlefront Two will have DLC. And um, I think that you know, Microsoft is is prone to to get these deals in place because they know that though it doesn't have a huge effect, I think having that that time DLC doesn't. Uh, doesn't hurt, you know. For people who have both consoles, they're like, well, I'll buy it on Xbox because I want that uh, Episode 8 DLC uh, as fast as possible. Um, so, yeah, I don't think that's too crazy of a prediction considering EA's kind of always al- align themselves with Xbox.
2: Um, so, yeah, what's what's your pr- next prediction, Dom? I got whatever the next Wolfenstein game is going to be called coming out next fall. Uh, I think Bethesda announces that at E3 and does the uh, short hype cycle like they did with Fallout. Yeah, then also mass effect i'm gonna say gets a date for next fall not necessarily a delay because they haven't set a date yet officially but i think mass effect is gonna not well, they land did, until fall
0: they did say spring so it would technically be oh they a did delay. yeah they did okay. say spring so okay. not a solid date but it is a uh yeah. yeah um yeah i don't think those are too crazy uh i can't wait for the new wolfenstein i loved uh new order and uh i always forget the name of the dlc old blood Old blood yeah super great games um yeah, but this is really learning from that short hype cycle, and man, if Prey hits next year too, whoo, baby, it's gonna be a good year uh, from them. Uh, Jordan, what's your next prediction?
1: Uh, my next prediction is uh, EA will announce Skate 4 at e- E3 2017.
0: Oh, baby, oh. Jordan would yeah, love I'm to a... be here to
1: hear you say that. <laughs> he wants to yeah, use Skate. Yeah, I'm a huge so Skate fan. Uh, it's when I had a 360, I played. Uh, too a lot, and I didn't have a 360 anymore when 3 uh, came out, but I did play it a lot still at my like friend's house and things like that. Um, I love it. I don't know why they haven't bought it back yet, but pe- I feel like the demand is it gets bigger every year for it. And with Sony, like I think uh, people could take a note from Sony with how many franchises they have brought back, and the reaction has been completely positive, especially in their sales of PS4s and sales of their exclusives, and their games have all been selling... I did, I'd did. i say well. Um, I think EA would be dumb not to make Skate 4, and I think they are making Skate 4, so hopefully it will be enough.
0: Especially with the swelling hype of Tony Hawk's Pro, uh, Pro Skater 5 and then the <laughs> disappointment that that game was. Yeah. I think he's like, well, we can make a good skate game. We just thought that you guys were over skateboards, you know? So mm-hmm. I oh, I would love for them to bring that back. I don't know if it would be 4 or if they'd relaunch it, because it's been a while, but...
1: Either be, way it'd be it'd be cool to, if they relaunched it any kind of skate game i'll take
0: <laughs> as bad they as the EA conferences has been if they super truncate the sports and they come out and they're like new skate game new dead space game oh my god it would be amazing i want a new dead space so bad as well so and it would be cool EA, yeah i think can can learn from that and bring back those old franchises like you said those dormant um franchises um yeah. i'm looking through my list here i have a couple more uh so, Volition, the guys uh, who work on Saints Row and such, uh, their new game, Agents of Mayhem, had a really weird trailer this year. looked very generic and tacky. out. I don't know if you guys saw it. Um, yeah, I forgot about it, actually.
1: So <laughs> my, first time I've thought about it again. My
0: prediction is that that game either disappears, meaning that they completely scrap the project and they start again on something new, uh, or they rename it and they pitch it as something else. I think Agents of Mayhem is way, way too bad of a, like a branding and a way too bad of a name, and... Um, That trailer was really weird uh i it just doesn't have a lot of selling power and i think maybe they looked at how bad battleborn did with its generic name and uh not just a you know just generic game generic gameplay didn't have anything special about it i so my prediction is that volition's agent of mayhem either disappears completely we never hear about it again uh or it gets a a rename and they pitch it as something else you know so that's my one of my predictions do you guys have any more third parties
2: yeah i got one more um I think at E3, also at Bethesda's conference, we'll see Bethesda Softworks, the studio, not the publisher, um, announce a new IP. Um, Todd Howard has said they're working on several different projects, um, none of which are uh, Elder Scrolls 6. So I think one of those he considered probably Fallout VR. Um, But I think there's at least one thing they have in the pipeline uh, that they're going to be ready to show. And I think it's going to be outside the realm of what they're usually doing. I don't think it's going to be an world role playing game. Mm. I think they're gonna try to do something a little bit different. I just I get the vibe that they're they like what they do with Skyrim and Fall, but they wanna just try something different. That's just the vibe I got from Todd Howard recently, I guess.
0: I could definitely see them doing an RTS in with that same IP, though, like a Fallout RTS or, or a Elder Scrolls RTS. That'd be really interesting. And I think it would be refreshing, too, because a lot of their stuff is first-person action or shooting at Bethesda in general. And I think kind of bringing something that's maybe a competitor to, like, Civ, though that'd be hard to do. But like, something that can compete with different genres and not just be so blind in the same note, I think it would be interesting, too. Um, I think that's oh, a really like awesome that. thing. Yeah. I think
2: if, you, if they did Civ, except, in Fallout's world, so there was already civilization and now you're rebuilding it instead of building from the beginning. Could be interesting.
0: Yeah, I think they have a lot of. I mean, their IP is pretty strong. Like, Fallout's a really strong IP, and so is Elder Scrolls. So, um, they have a lot to work with, but those in general, too. Like, so I'm interested to see what exactly they're going to do. And I, that'd be cool, too. Like I said uh, a little while ago, is like, I think them branching out to different genres is going to be something that they want to do because Todd Howard and those guys love what they do, like you said, but they're probably tired of doing the same type of game over and over again,
1: you know? Um, uh, Jordan, do you have any more predictions? No, nope, that was pretty much it for me but uh on your uh, uh fallout strategy game i think it'd be cool if they bought back uh brought back fallout tactics yeah a really 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 good rts uh that people haven't played so that'd be cool
0: yeah i think uh i would i wouldn't doubt it but there's announced some kind of new mobile game next year too uh, considering fallout shelter was such a hit they're probably gonna be some kind of mobile game well um, they got
2: shoot how'd i forget they have elder scrolls uh legends a card the, the, yeah that's probably going to get released next year, I would think. Yeah, uh, out of its beta stage.
0: Uh, so I have two more here. One of them, which I don't know, I don't think either of you guys play sports games for the most part. Um, but So one of my predictions is that Madden will have an actual story slash single-player mode. Uh, last year, EA at their conference, they announced the single-player mode for FIFA. FIFA is the number one selling sports game in the world. Um, and, you know, Madden, though it doesn't sell huge worldwide, it is one of the top-selling games in the U.S. almost every month for every month that
2: comes uh, after it comes out. Uh, um, you play as Plaxico Burris. You just shot yourself in the leg, and you have to figure out a way to get back into the league. Oh, God. Um, Well, no, so, like,
0: for the FIFA one, they they shut off a guy, and he's a a character, he has a name, he has a story, and you play through his story, which is kind of like what NBA 2K does, except you create your own character, and you kind of fit him into that story, which is weird, because, like, uh, in 2K, you have, like, black parents, and if you create a white guy, are you adopted? It's really weird. Um, But I, I think Madden having a story mode is cool. A lot of sports fans are really upset that NCAA football isn't around anymore, because of the whole collegiate athlete getting paid for their performances and stuff kind of situation. And their rights, so I think um, EA is kind of trying to see if they can mend that with uh, implementing the story mode that a lot of people were interested in, but they don't play FIFA or they're not interested in soccer, you know. So, um, and it kind of kind of gives people a reason to buy Madden uh, year after year because the the issue is people are like, well, why don't you just get a roster update? The game doesn't change too much. If you have a new campaign every year, then that does give somebody more of an incentive, right, to buy the game every year. If it's a different campaign or something like that. So, uh, that's interesting. My last prediction, uh, gear. So. The funny thing is, I don't know if you guys did both of you guys watch the Game Awards? Yes. One of my friends was super mad that Gearbox kind of blue balled everybody when they came on. They're like, you guys love Borderlands, right? We're making a Bulletstorm remaster with our publishing studio. He was kind of mad about that. So, Borderlands 3, I think, gets announced. Um,. And this, my prediction is I wrote down here. Borderlands three gets announced for 2017, then gets delayed out of 2017. So I think they're gonna announce it. Uh, they're gonna give like fall uh, 2017 or winter 2017, and then it just gets delayed to next year. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Borderlands. I think they're uh, they're great games when you play with people, and they're very mediocre games uh, by yourself. Um, and uh, yeah, I I uh, I hope Borderlands three is cool. I'm not a big fan of the aesthetic either a lot of people like that look i don't which is weird because like a lot of telltale games look like that kind of but i don't know i've never been a huge fan of borderlands but i know everybody is uh hoping that a third one comes out and they don't valve it and you never get a third borderlands and i've said they're working on it and i mean battleborn was such a failure that i think gearbox is like yeah our bread and butter is borderlands let's work on that they kind of got a i don't know if you guys noticed this but it seems like they kind of got a bravado about themselves after borderlands 2 came out and they were super confident in what they were doing. And they're like, well, let's bring out this Battleborn game. And I guess 2K didn't look at the charts and see, like, hey, Overwatch is coming out this year. Because there's no way in your right mind that you think you can release a multiplayer MOBA-esque shooter in the same year as a Blizzard game and do well, right? Like, I don't know. I just think that they didn't plan that out. And I think that them becoming a publishing house and choosing to – their first thing to publish is a Bulletstorm remaster is another bad choice. Um And the whole the whole Duke Nukem thing is like I don't know I thought it was kind of like I was like please buy this game you know it didn't come off as genuine to me personally Um, but yeah we'll see what Gearbox um, does I've never been a big fan of that studio so
1: with I'm not a big fan of Borderlands either and it's mostly because. I I love I love the gunplay, I think it's really great and I love I actually like the aesthetic kind of it's a little different compared to other games like Borderlands that I play. I think what's gonna make or break Borderlands, like now for me and probably some other people, is I've never liked it a lot because outside of when you're outside doing things, there's not a lot of life to the world. It's a lot of enemies um in worlds like Fallout, like Oblivion, other games, uh Witcher, games like that, you can find NPCs walking around, you can find other people doing quests, you can find all these things that make the world really come alive. And Borderlands always had that issue with me where it, I was always just killing things and always killing things and it's not that I don't like doing that, it's just it gets like I wish there was more to this than just weapons and killing things. And uh, the hub worlds are where you go and get your quests. I can't just be walking around and talk to some guy and get a quest. I know you could find like things sometimes that would initiate quests, I'm pretty sure, but it wasn't like the same aesthetic that like Fallout gives you when you're exploring and you just stumble upon a settlement and then there's tons of people in there and they need your help defending it or something like that. Um I think Borderlands needs a lot of that. I don't trust Gearbox as a developer. I don't think they'd be able to pull it off, um, which is sad to say, but ever since Aliens Colonial Marines that (laughs) studio has just left a bad taste in my mouth. Um I hope I hope for the best for them though. But um I never want a game to fail but uh they they do need to change it up a bit um if they want to make a sale with me at least
0: um funny that you say that because a lot of the concerns you have for Borderlands, i just realized that's why i'm scared for breath of the wild everything you said about Borderlands, yeah no is it's like... actually
1: something i've looked at with breath of the wild too uh you're running around the world and it's a lot of monsters it's not a lot of world you know yeah um And not that the game is any less impressive. It's just something that I appreciate in my RPGs and my games that are like open world action, hack and slash RPG, all that stuff. Um, I I appreciate a a world that's full of life and not just, you know, point A to point B, some enemies along the way. Yeah. So I'm hoping for the best.
0: Dom, Dom can't can't. I was waiting for you to. I'm telling you.
2: (laughs) I'm telling you. They're just they're just playing us. This is just what they're doing with the demos. They just don't want to show too much. I'm not worried at all. <laughs> we'll, see.
0: we'll see. We'll uh, see. So, that, yeah, that, that ends our, our predictions for 2017. Thank you again, Jordan, for joining us. Let's talk about real quick where we're going to be playing um, for, you know, the, the next week or so or for you, Jordan, for the rest of the year to end out 2017, 2016, Jesus, uh, time traveling. Uh, so for me, uh, like I said, I'm playing through Mass Effect 2. Uh, I just got Morden Solus, and I'm making my way through Omega, getting a uh, – Thane and a couple other people, spoilers if you haven't played Mass Effect 2, um, and I'm trying to think of what else. I'm probably going to be picking up uh, all five episodes of Batman, Dom, now that they're out so I can play those, uh, what else? Uh, do you remember the release date for Episode 1 of New Frontier Walking Dead, is it this coming week?
2: Uh, yeah, I think it's the 20th, I want to say, I could be wrong. Yeah,
0: so if that comes out within this week, I'll be playing that as well, um, and... Some more Overwatch. The holiday update came out. I'm a huge Overwatch player, Jordan, and uh, the new holiday update came out, and uh, I love the skins and everything, and the game's just so great. Like, oh, the game's mm. so well
1: done. Yeah. Um, so
0: yeah, just Overwatch, Mass Effect 2, that's pretty much it. What about you? What are you going to be playing?
1: Um, I'm going to probably jump back into Let It Die and try and get a little bit further in that game. Um, it's like free-to-play, MMO-ish, I guess, but... Um, is it like it's, wave based wait. or like roguelike or dungeon crawler it's, it's, like what is it it's like dark souls but on i don't it's so hard to explain i'm so bad <laughs> at explaining free to play games because they always tend to be multiple genres thrown into one yeah um but i'm probably gonna be playing a little bit of that um i'm gonna try and finish up the last guardian i'm almost done with that um and i mean i'm probably not picking up anything new until january the end of january when like resident evil comes out and tales of berseria um those are my two big games for that month um did you already beat final fantasy 15 i did i beat it in 19 hours (laughs) can you can you give me a a a one word review good enough
2: (laughs) (laughs) good enough. That, there's a hyphen in between y- yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good
1: good enough yeah please um yeah it's 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 eh. it's like it's not there but it's it's good enough okay that's all i can say about it i'll, I'll i we could have a whole nother <laughs> yeah. hour and a half long discussion about my thoughts but yeah that's that's the best i could do <laughs> good enough hmm, interesting uh, but yeah that's pretty much it dom what are you gonna be playing
2: so uh, I forgot to mention earlier. I've been playing Bloodborne. Um, I've got finally gotten back into that, but I lost my save. That's so I haven't great. even gotten to the DLC. You have to get through a good yeah. chunk of the game before you can access it. So I haven't even gotten to the DLC yet. So I really want to keep plowing through and uh, check all that out. So nice. that's probably. I mean, and I might. I'm, I'm lukewarm on Persona Four. I might jump back in. We'll see.
0: Interesting. Um, yeah so that does it for episode 39 of the Controlled Interest Gamecast thank you guys for joining us for our 2017 predictions uh, Jordan will hopefully be back next week he'll probably be able to talk hopefully uh, thank you Jordan Boyd for uh, joining us on such short notice appreciate it Thanks for um, having me. I don't know your Twitter handle off,
1: uh, off the cuff so what is it for people if they want to go follow you it's just Jordan G. Boyd. My middle name is Garrison, so that's why it's a G. And a lot of people think it's Jordang, but it's actually just Jordan. It's <laughs> supposed to be Jordan G., but uh, it's just Jordan G. Boyd. Um, that's my Twitter handle. Okay, and then people can watch your YouTube videos at? The Potion Shop. Uh, I'm also getting trying to get back into Twitch streaming as best I can. Um, I'm, I am I want to be more into like niche games, a lot of JRPGs, a lot of RPGs, an occasional shooter here and there. Um, But I want to kind of make my Twitch channel centric around that kind of stuff, so if you want to check it out there That's also the potion shop except it's one word on Twitch and three words on YouTube, so
0: awesome Yeah, definitely go check him out. He does some really cool stuff. Uh, He does some really funny videos too that are just like random Uh...
1: Yeah, I put a lot of experiments up there. I haven't really (laughs) decided yet what I want to make my whole thing going into a channel, but yeah uh, yeah, That's thank you for stuff. joining
0: us. Uh, so we're Controlled Interest. Follow us at CTRLINT. Uh, Dominic tweets out the latest news and video games as well as all of our content. Follow me at Jared underscore J-E-R-R-A-D and then the underscore. And uh, Dom at Dom's Oreos because he loves them so much. Uh, Jordan, who is unable to be with us today, he's at Uh, You know, we don't have a custom URL yet on YouTube because we don't have 100 subscribers yet. But uh, just search Controlled Interest. We'll pop right up. Uh, follow us on iTunes, leave a review, it helps us get discovered, so we can get more listeners, and the more people we have listening to the show, the better the show can get with new equipment, and all of that stuff, so thank you guys for listening, and or watching, wherever you guys take in our content, and we'll see you guys in episode 40 for our Goaty Talk, our Game of the Year Talk. Uh, before we go, Jordan, who, what's your Game of the Year?
1: Oh, Jesus, you just threw me right in there. <laughs> um, oh god, uh, um... I Game Game Year. Yes. Yes. Uncharted 4. I don't know why I was had to think about <laughs> good that. Pick. Uh, it was between that and Doom. I pick Uncharted 4 though, definitely.
0: Sweet, good choices. Uh, yeah, so that's that's uh, Jordan's game of the year, and we'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Peace.